Welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Podcast. We're a real community of people who are passionate about pursuing God and growing in our relationship with Him. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit northridge.org.au. So, over the last few weeks, we have been looking at, as Kath said, well, she didn't say, we're looking at spiritual disciplines. Now, Chris has really poetically and lovely called it Rhythms of Life, which is far more palatable, I think, so I'll try to remember to call it that. Uh, But anyway, we're focusing on key elements of life as a Christian and things that help to keep us balanced and connected and basically living our best life. Hashtag best life. So Chris spoke about talking about scriptures and reading the scriptures. Kath spoke about prayer last week, and she was awesome as always. Next week, we're talking about self-reflection, but today, we are talking about, well, it's often a very misunderstood element. It's a bit of a complicated one, not necessarily hard work, but it's difficult to explain on paper. We're talking about Sabbath. Yes, Sabbath, the day of rest, which doesn't sound so complicated when I put it like that, but today, I'm going to unpack a little bit of what Sabbath is why it's important, and two different ways that we can try doing Sabbath a little bit differently to what you may think it should be done. But first, I want to talk about roller coasters, because obviously the two are connected, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Who here likes roller coasters? That's genuinely about 50-50. Cool. I didn't realize how much I liked them until I went to Dreamworld about five years ago now. I went with two friends of ours, and myself and Ando, And we went there super, super early because who wants to wait in lines all day? That's super boring. Chris does. Wow, we'll pray for you later. Okay. (laughs) So we got there super early, and it meant that we got to go on so many rides. We went on roller coaster after roller coaster after roller coaster after roller coaster until about lunchtime when we stopped. And do you know why we stopped? We all felt really sick. I felt fine. I was really excited to go on the boat, you know, the one that goes like up and then that way. I really wanted to, but I looked at my friends and they were all different shades of grey and green. (laughs) And I thought, you know what, no. And they say life is a roller coaster. And a roller coaster can be really fun and exciting, but if you're on that loop over and over and over and over and over again, you're more likely to chunder everywhere than to enjoy the experience. (laughs) Am I right? So we need to stop from time to time. We need to rest. But do we rest? How many of you here tonight would happily put your hand up and say you feel really well rested? Okay, that's maybe 5% of you. Your, your energy tank is full, your empathy tank is full. Yeah, no, that's maybe five or six people. That's, that's not awesome. And the one thing that is super common when I'm talking to my friends or to people I meet, I ask them how they are, and do you know what they say? Good, busy. Good, busy, super common. (laughs) Everyone has a million things going on all at once. And it's the wonder and the trouble of our current technological climate is that there is so much on offer to all of us, and man, we are going to make the most of it. We are working our jobs, seeing our friends, seeing our family. We Facebook, we code, we play sports, we learn things, we read books, we cook, we sing, we dance. We do everything except rest. I am sure in my bones that we are not 
meant to be living a life that's exhausting like this. And if we keep going around and around on this loop, we're just going to get sick. It's called burnout. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yeah. And I mean, looking at Jesus, he had a lot going on. He was a fairly busy dude. He was walking miles and miles, giving sermons, healing the sick, raising the dead. You know, he had a lot going on. But did he ever complain about being tired? How are you going, Jesus? Good. Busy. No. Jesus maintained several ancient rhythms of life, spiritual disciplines. He knew the word. He prayed. He embraced the Sabbath and understood the Sabbath. Why? Because God told us all to. And you see, here is the deal. If you are one of God's people, this is what it looks like for all of us. If God said it, it's non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Too many of us think, oh yeah, Sabbath, great idea. I would love a day off, but who's got the time? Sabbath is actually a bigger deal than most people think. It's core to who we are and how we live our lives as people of God. It's not about who's got the time. It's about making time. So the very first thing you need to know about Sabbath is that it's not just a nice idea. It's actually super important. Who here has heard of the Ten Commandments? I'm surprised not more of you are putting your hands up. <laughs> we should start running a Sunday school here in the evenings. Okay, Ten Commandments. Can anyone throw some out at me? What do you know? You shall not steal. Don't murder people. Love your neighbor. Love the Lord. Yeah. Okay, good. These are all pretty big deals, right? So right up there with don't kill anyone, guys, is actually take a Sabbath. It's the fourth commandment. And I'm going to prove it to you. Haha. <laughs> so we're actually flipping a lot between the Old Testament and New Testament tonight to just save you flipping through your Bibles or scrolling. I've put a few things on the screen for you. So... Old Testament style. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 10. This is in the middle of the commandments. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. That's pretty explicit, right? That's everyone. Everyone needs to stop. No one's special, or everyone's special, depending on how you view that one. Again, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12, God gives the commandments to Israel. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord God has commanded you. Zip ahead to the New Testament. Jesus knew the importance of the Sabbath and taught on it. He declared in Mark 2 that he was Lord of the Sabbath. What does this say? This says that it's so important to him, it's part of his identity. It's who he is. It's clearly important to him. And remember the theology here? If it's important to Jesus, it's important to us. If God said it, it's non-negotiable. In not Sabbathing, in not taking time out or off, 
we're not following what God has told us to do. We're not honoring him or worshiping him. We're breaking God's law. We're breaking the fourth commandment. And think about it. It's an actually awesome rule to have put upon you. You must chill out. (laughs) It could be a lot worse. So why don't we do it? Because we're too busy? Busy with what? I've heard it said that our culture has a few idols that it worships. Consumerism, individualism, comfort. Tonight, I wanted to challenge you to think about whether you worship the idol of busyness. I'm not saying you sing songs of praise to your calendar, but do you hold being busy high in your esteem? Do you think it's better to be busy than to be resting? In the Old Testament, one of the main forms of worship was to sacrifice. What have you been sacrificing things for? Or sacrificing things to? Have you sacrificed your headspace? You're constantly thinking about what you have to do next, what you're doing tomorrow, what you're doing next week, what so-and-so is doing next Thursday at 2 o'clock. Are you sacrificing your conversation? Have you sacrificed your health? Sometimes even relationships can be sacrificed purely because we're too busy. Maybe we're proud of our calendars. Maybe we think that if our diary has nothing in it, then maybe there's nothing in us. How much of our identity is found in how busy we are or how in demand we are? Are we proud to be busy, to be breaking God's law? Okay, let's pump the brakes a little, getting a bit heavy. Only been going for five minutes. No judges, no condemnation, these are just questions. Let's take stock. So, we know what Sabbath is in importance-wise. It's up there. But what is Sabbath anyway? The whole Sabbath comes from the creation story. You may remember this from Sunday school. Who knows the creation story? More than the Ten Commandments. (laughs) Good to know. Chris, if you're listening, sermons on Ten Commandments coming up in June. Okay, the creation story. Brief synopsis for you. God created all the things. That's basically it. More detail. He created all the things in six days. And on the seventh day, he took a day off and rested. He had the very first Sabbath. And look, there's a whole dialogue going on in theological circles about whether he took 24 hours or just a chunk of time. The Hebrew word yom that's used in the Old Testament is used so fluidly throughout the rest of it that it's kind of hard to tell. Basically, all you need to know is he rested. And he thought that was such a good idea that everyone should do it. He blessed the seventh day and gave it a name, the Sabbath day. So Sabbath in Hebrew means Shabbat, or is Shabbat, and means, can you guess? Yeah, there's a sign on the screen, stop. That's literally it. It's not super complicated. It just means stop. Stop what you're doing. Don't work. Don't do anything that requires effort. Now, this Sabbath, this stopping, can be quite a foreign concept for us, who seem to be going a lot of the time. But it is firmly held in Jewish cultures. I heard a story once where an American man, let's say Bob, good American name, Bob, (laughs) 
Bob was in Israel on a work trip, and he happened to be there for a Yom Shabbat, which is a Sabbath day. And so he's got a cab from the airport, gets to the hotel lobby, checks in, grabs a suitcase, and is thinking, man, all I want to do is go up to my room, have a shower, and have a good sleep. That's a long journey. So he looks for the elevators, and he finds there are two. In front of one, there is a queue of about 30 people. In front of the other, there's nobody. And Bob's thinking, is the elevator broken? Why are all these people lining up when there's one perfectly good elevator there? So he goes up to the guy at the front of the queue and says, what's wrong with the elevator? Oh, nothing. So why aren't people using it? Oh, it's not the Sabbath elevator. Turns out that they actually have an elevator that's programmed to stop at every level just so people don't have to push a button because that's required work. So Bob's thinking, great, I'm going to zip in this empty elevator, get up to level 11, have myself my shower, take this epic shortcut, and get some sleep. Suckers. <laughs> so he gets in, proud as punch, ready for his shortcut. Next minute, floods of the Jewish people come up to him. Oh, can you press number three? Can you press number five? Can you press number 12? No more shortcut for Bob. <clears throat> so people take it very seriously. They go to painstaking levels to hold this level of stopping. But I don't know if you know this about God yet, but God loves to flip things on their heads. He loves to turn things upside down. The rich will be poor. The poor will be rich. The high will be low, etc., etc., etc. Now, the cool one with the Sabbath is the Sabbath is not a law that we serve. It is a law that serves us. He flips it. Jesus said in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man made for the Sabbath. This is not a chicken and egg scenario. We know exactly which came first. If you look through the Old Testament, you'll see that God created Sabbath after he created all the things, including man. Sabbath wasn't even declared a law until further in Exodus when, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments. It's a law that was made for us to bless us. And when we choose not to Sabbath, we're kind of closing a door to that blessing. When we don't set aside time for him to refresh us, how do you expect him to do it? So, what can Sabbath look like? Aside from just stopping. This is the fun part. From all that I've read, I don't believe that God just calls us to stop and do nothing for 24 hours. I would find that super boring. But I maybe have mild ADHD, so that's a different talk. Okay, the scriptures have given us two big ideas on how to do your Sabbath and enjoy them. Pray and play. Very simple. <laughs> okay, let's start with pray. Looking back to Exodus, the Lord has just said, observe the Sabbath. Everybody stop work. But wait, there's more. Verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So I believe that every word is intentionally put in the Bible. Even the little ones, even the conjunctions, like therefore. 
So therefore, in this one, is a linking word. It's a connection between the ideas. So God rested, therefore God blessed the day. See where we're going here? Not yet, you will. <laughs> the Exodus method of keeping the Sabbath is to rest simply because God rested. Genesis was day one, work. Day two, work. Day three, four, five, six, work. Day seven, Aha, you're with me. <laughs> Magic. We're called to stop like God did, to rest like he did in the beginning. But have you ever stopped to think what that might actually look like? On the seventh day, he rested. God wasn't tired. God doesn't get tired. He's omnipotent. He doesn't need to take a nap. He doesn't need to recharge his batteries. So can you imagine with me what he might have done on that seventh day? What does that resting actually look like? Hmm. Here are some of my ideas. <laughs> What's the first thing you want to do when you've made something? Mm. Picture an eight-year-old boy who spent all spring working on a billy cart with his dad. Yeah, super cute. He's been sanding the wood to make it all nice and smooth. He's picked out the perfect color. He's spent time learning how to fix the wheels on perfectly. When it's finished, what's the first thing he'd want to do? Take a nap? What about a cold winter's night? And you've spent all afternoon baking. You've been sifting the sugar into the bowl, drizzling warm golden syrup into the batter, mm. <laughs> enjoying the aroma in the room as the cake starts to rise in the oven. And when that cake is ready, what's the first thing you want to do? Fast? You see where I'm going. Think about when a baby comes into the world. Months of probably uncomfortable pregnancy. Days of anticipation and preparation. A few hours of pain. But when your baby is born, what's the first thing you'd want to do? You'd want to bask in that moment. You'd want to engage, to explore discover, maybe, just maybe, when God finished creating, he basked in it. Maybe he experienced it. Maybe he put feet in the ocean or tasted a fresh pear. He celebrated it, delighted in it. He explored it and connected with it. He rested in it. Jewish commentators suggests that God created menucha on the seventh day. Menucha is a really fun word to say. It is the Hebrew word for rest, translated as joyous repose, peace, tranquility, and harmony. He rested and felt harmony with what he created and saw that it was good. God set apart time, a whole seventh day, to connect with creation and delight in what he saw. So in response, this rest, this kind of Sabbath, looks like us connecting with and enjoying God, which becomes prayer. And this isn't to say that God wants you to lock yourself up in your room with the Bible and just sit the whole day in silence, prayer, and fasting. Not quite what I'm going for, but if that works for you, excellent. It's a matter of just doing what God did. Set aside a time that's holy 
It's separate and intentional and special, set aside for a purpose, a holy time. We're called to deliberately separate some time to stop and enjoy his goodness. This day of Menucha, it's a day of connecting with God, wondering in him, exploring him, engaging with all he's done, all he's created for us, and enjoy intimacy with him. So what does it look like to have a praise Sabbath? Like I say, it's anything where you set aside time with God. <clears throat> Leave a margin in your diary, space a schedule that's simply for God. The most important thing is to be intentional about it and to protect it. The Jewish culture refers to Sabbath as the queen. A queen is something that is precious and powerful, anointed and influential. In chess, it's the queen that's the most important piece on the board. It's something that needs to be protected and defended. Your Sabbath is like this. Don't sacrifice your Sabbath. Be intentional about it. Keep it safe. And help other people protect theirs. I know a girl who will actually make coffee dates with friends. And then intentionally cancel right before. Saying, you've got an hour with Jesus now. Enjoy. <laughs> she did that to me once. It turned out very pleasant. Yes, I was very thankful in the end. <laughs> Mildly frustrated at first because I hate changes of plan, but still. It's just important to have that time, you know? I think it can be so stressful trying to find time, but it's so special making time. For me, just as an example, I like to go on walks. You can see I've put up a picture of Bondi on the screen because I really love doing that cliff walk down there. It takes about an hour at my pace. Don't know about you. but. It's simply beautiful. If you go without music or anything like that, you're just there with the ocean sounds and the birds chirping, the sun streaming, and it's just gorgeous. And I think that is the kind of connection we're looking for here. Does that make sense? Getting nods, that's good, okay. Moving on to play before supper is ready. <clears throat> so Sabbath is a day of pray, but it's also a day of play. We're looking at Deuteronomy. We read the last bit of the words on the Sabbath. Deuteronomy 5, verse 15 is the thing I want you to focus on right now. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. They're talking to Israel. Important to know. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, ding, ding, therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. There's that connection word again. It's that link. Remember, Israel, that you were slaves and observe the Sabbath. You were captive, not having a day off for 400 years. Therefore, God is making you take a day off. Surprise day off. What a gift. I get excited when the work week is done and I only work part time. I mean, I can't imagine how glorious this would have felt for the Israelites. They went for 400 days with no days off. They were slaves, not even considered as people, as individual persons. And then God rescued them and freed them and wanted them to celebrate their freedom. So he gave them a whole day every week to just to do that. And it's the same for us. 
Israel was bound to Egypt, God freed them. We were bound to sin, God freed us. Jesus came so that we would have freedom and enjoy it. I am convinced that Jesus didn't die on that cross so that we could go from appointment to appointment to appointment and scroll and scroll and scroll. He did that so that we could be free and enjoy that freedom. And so he calls us to one day, one chunk of time, depending on your theological Hebrew intake, <laughs> one moment of celebration a week. So what does that look like for you? Have some fun, intentional fun. Celebrate your freedom. Make this like your own surprise day off, full of the things you really enjoy that God has set up for you in the world. Bake something. Don't know if I inspired you with my talk of golden syrup and sugar before, but I am inspired now. <laughs> Katie, can you please make that sticky date pudding again? <laughs> Every week for a Sabbath, please, let's do that. Okay, what about finger painting? Create something yourself. We were made in God's image, right? We can create. You can go cycling if that's what you're into. Yeah, explore the nature around you while hurting your legs, great. You know, whatever you feel is engaging with the world that God has created for you. I once heard a story of a guy who used to invite people around for a dinner, say, on a Sabbath night, and he told each of them to bring a copy, if they didn't still have it, of the first CD or iTunes album they ever bought. And during dinner, they would play it and talk about what they liked about it and why they enjoyed it and what it meant to them. It's a celebration of the people around you that God created. It's a celebration of how music was created to help us engage with our feelings and our memories. Isn't that fun? It's all about play. It's all about delighting. It is just a day of delight. That's all Sabbath is. Remember, Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. It's not a law that we need to try and desperately strive to meet every week. It's something that should be fun and refreshing and connecting. So I encourage you, tonight, talk to a friend during supper and ask what they're going to do for their next Sabbath, when they're going to do it. Is it going to be a bath later tonight with a lush bath bomb? I've got plans. <laughs> Is it going to be a beach walk next Saturday morning? Is it going to be a dinner where you invite everyone around and share your favorite song when you were a teenager? Or now, if you're still a teenager. That's cool. <laughs> I'm older, that's fine. The point is, it's all about engaging with the freedom that God has given you. Because that's the kind of God that he is. Do you mind all standing with me? <clears throat> Is Matthew still in the room? Matthew, can you put John on or do some twinkly bits? <laughs> cool. So I just wanted to take a little bit of time to pray because it's Sabbath. That's what we do. So if you just bow your heads with me. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for tonight, for today and all the days. Lord, that you died so that we could be free free to delight in you and all you created. And Lord, tonight we just pray that we would know you as Lord of the Sabbath, this God who gives us rest, 
and creates time just for us to connect with you. Lord, we just pray that you would be that you would be present in our lives, that we might know you better, that we might learn how to walk in this lifestyle of rest, a lifestyle of menucha, tranquility, peace and harmony. And right now, God, we just pray that we would consider our minds and our hearts and our calendars and think about what it is that we are sacrificing our time for, what we're dedicating our days to. And we ask that you would help us Help us to keep you at the center. Help us to be delighting in you, God, just as you delight in us.